the copyrighted program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Every police car that speaks top to the siren speaking is a dramatic advertisement for Rio Grande Scott Gasoline. So is every police ambulance, even on a pattern of murder. Every siren in the girls' car. Every police motorcycle that patrols the road. There are thousands of such emergency cars in the territory where Rio Grande Scott Gasoline is sold. And more of them use Rio Grande Scott than any other gasoline. What greater truth can you ask? that this gasoline is fair of all others. The gasoline selected for emergency cars operating from the cities of Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, and others, and by the county of San Diego, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many others, is chosen in competitive press. Rio Grande has won these tests because it is the only gasoline available in the far west that is made by the patented Sinclair tracking process. The most advanced refining method known to the petroleum industry. The Rio Grande's new tracking plant, the finest in America, your gasoline goes through a costly extra process that changes all the weak, slow-burning, lazy units into rich, vital elements. And when you buy Rio Grande tracked gasoline from your neighborhood independent dealer, you get the same gasoline that is used by more emergency engines than any other brand. And in addition, Rio Grande offers free gifts to every boy and girl. Drive in tonight, or tomorrow sure. Wherever Rio Grande Tracks gasoline is sold, ask for your free copy of the Calling All Cars News and read how your youngsters may have a complete junior detective outlet free of charge. And now it is our pleasure to present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. As you sit quietly back in your chair, listening to this broadcast, perhaps you will believe it is incredible that several persons can conspire together to commit crimes which may result, and in this case did result, in cold-blooded murder. Few citizens realize that walking abroad in our community are vicious individuals whose criminal tendencies are so great that they can conspire together in a single act of violence. But this story we bring you tonight is one which proves conclusively that definite criminal types are dangerous and altogether unfit to associate with civilized society as we know it. I wish to call particular attention to those missing in tonight to the splendid work done by the police officers in hanging from the group of conspirators and would-be murderers to serve this is, the truth concerning one of the most barbarous killings in police annals. This splendid piece of detective work was done without resorting to the antiquated so-called third degree. The psychology used by the police officers in this story to break down the resistance of these clever criminals is particularly noteworthy. Now for the story. Yes. <laughs> 
poor and you gave that, Mrs. Mudd. And what brings you out so early? Well, I'm to buy the food in the house and the kids are hungry. I've got to go down to the relief headquarters and see if I can get them something to eat. Oh, and it's a fine state the world in him. Don't you think like us? I should be begging the government itself for a crust of bread. No, I don't know what the world's coming to. I was just saying to Mrs. Watson the other day. Oh, Mrs. Watson, I was speaking. Then maybe you can tell me what our fine landlady has been taking herself. And me with a plumber in the place on guard and not able to find hide nor head of her these three days. Now that's strange. I haven't seen her for several days myself. I'm just on the way to her apartment to find out where I can't get me some service in this place. Will you come along? Very well. I want to speak to her myself. You don't suppose she's run off and got herself married to that Mr. Redding from across the street, do you? Oh, no. She's too old and shuddered for that. When a woman's past 60, she isn't thinking about flighty things. Oh, maybe not. Of course, <laughs> I was past 60. <laughs> I ain't well into my 30s yet. But that Mr. Redding don't look so bad to me. He'd be a fine husband for a widow woman who understood him and could do for him like I could, if you get what I mean. Mrs. McManus, you surprised me. Well, I'm only human after all. And I never could understand what Mr. Redding sees in that old Mrs. Watson. Who's really? Oh, not her, she won't. She was deaf as the devil himself is wicked. Knock on the door, Mrs. Mudd. I'm not loud enough to raise the door. Surely she ought to hear that. She ought if she wants to. Hey, do you suppose? Oh, of course not. I'm going to peek through the keyhole. Oh, I wouldn't do that, Mrs. McMahon, if it ain't polite. No, what of it? Mary Cannon needs fiction, and I'm going to tell her about it no matter how I do it. Now, just nail down here. Oh. Oh, oh, don't just plague me again. Do you see anything? Mrs. Mudd. Mrs. Mudd? Yes, what is it? The room's a wreck. If the devil himself has been up to sleep, then you'll see that tomorrow. Not me. Not me. That's enough for the didn't take you long to get here. Yeah, I just read up the call as quickly as you did. What does it look like? Murder. As you see, the old lady was beaten with a blunt instrument, bound and gagged and rolled in a blanket. Yeah, I'm sure I'd be super well. Let's get out now and go over the place. Yes, sir. All right, folks. You all have to get outside. Tell us. Yes, sir. Send for Elder Band to send you to the moon and tell the phone and enter the map for the battle. Right away, sir. All right, folks. Go on Well, I'm coming in, coming out of the room, Mrs. Watson's house at about 8.15 on the night of the 27th. 
Oh, I'm sure there's no time to have a piece of liquor in the house. I'm not interested in that, Mister. I don't think that's happening. Mister, 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 what is it you want to be talking to me about? I want your help, Mister McNair. Mister, help us. To help in a poor innocent law abiding citizen to help in the police. What is the information we received? You asked for money to help rather an old woman. Oh, I never heard of such a thing myself. All right, all right, Miss Nelson. Calm down. Would you like a little drop of whiskey, gentlemen? No, thank you. You won't be minding the size of a wee bit. You're just a detail when you made that last remark. Oh, go ahead, Oh, look, 
Where are these drops? Looking into some doorway right now. Yeah. Just a minute, Mr. Black. Yeah, what is it? I want to have a little talk with you. About what? A murder. That's in police headquarters. A murder? Well, I don't know nothing about no murder. Well, that's just fine. And you won't mind coming along with us. We want you to meet a friend of ours. Well, I'm clean. I don't know nothing. Well, we're glad to hear that. Come along. Car's waiting outside. <laughs> Get out. Hey, what's the idea? Where are you taking me? You'll see soon enough. I'm taking you to visit an old friend of yours. Yeah, well, I don't know anybody out in the center town. Well, we'll see about that. Gentlemen, very long, and I see you in that domain. Hello, Wendy, and how are you tonight? Uh, who is this drunken old fool? Come on, come on, come on. Come on. No, no, sit down. Is the man, is it, Miss Melvin? Oh, and the tension that double takes the black heart of a man. What kind of a frame of this is it? Shut up and listen. Go ahead, Jim, and tell Black here what you told us an hour ago. Oh, not the doctor. Listen to me, let me buckle. Get the nine hours of what I say, and you're under. Let's hear you. Place and I don't want to get in the bad name. All right, now, quiet down. 
It was smart and they're nowhere near. To make a fortune, you have to raise the place to get on in. Oh, Teddy, no, no way. Very well, then, be quiet and we'll cause you no trouble. Oh, Teddy, what? I want the name of the man in room 15. Mr. Jefferson has that room. Have you in now? No, he went out half an hour ago. When do you expect he'll be back? Well, it's hard to tell. Sometimes he'll wait for a couple of days and sometimes for just a few minutes. Have you got any rooms vacant next to him? No, but there's an empty room across the hall. Well, take it. But I don't want no trouble. Well, Missouri won't be any trouble. Just you keep your mouth shut. The only way there'll be any trouble is if you tip them off with your hair. For 24 long hours, the two detectives sit in the little room, smoking on the cigarettes, taking turns, walking to the keyhole for anyone ever in Jefferson's room across the hall. No one comes that afternoon, that night, nor the next morning, but finally at noon on the second day. Yeah, probably got to open down the hall. He's walking around all night. Come on, let's take him. Take him up, Jefferson. What is it? Up, I have to take him, Harry. Who are you, guys? What is it? A house? No, 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 yes. The police officer. An arrest? What for? I ain't done nothing. What's the big idea? There's a friend of yours down at headquarters that wants to see you. Come on. I think I need to introduce you two. You haven't made a mistake. This is your old friend Jefferson, isn't it, Black? Yeah, that's the guy. What is this, a frame-up? I never saw this mug in my life before. Oh? Sit down, Black. Tell Mr. Jefferson here what you told me up in the cell. Well, there were four of us in the deal. Jefferson here, me, Bud Sampson, and Betty Martin. He was planning to rob an old woman who lived next door to Betty's room. And that joint over on Maple Street, I found a Betty said she had five grand hidden in her trunk. You're going to use time back if I think it's a hard thing. You better, Martin? Yeah, what of it? You're under arrest. What for? The station of murder. My room, Sampson. What's the big idea? You've got no right in my room. That's the police headquarters. You come along quietly or do I have to use force? This is no time in holding the suspect into the office of the superior Captain Bert Wallace of the Homicide Squad. Captain Wallace is Reddy Black, Bert Sampson, Jack Jefferson, and Betty Martin. Oh, yeah. Sit down, Bert. Now, I suppose you'd like to know why you're all here. You're John Sutton, you were. Yeah. There's a law against false arrest, you know. Yes, I've heard of that law. That's the reason we never make an arrest until we are reasonably sure the suspect's guilt. Well, you're way out of line this time. I don't think so. Well, come on. Fill it, Cap. What's it all about? A little over a week ago, an old lady by the name of Amanda Watson was murdered during a robbery. There are some strong reasons to believe that one of the people in this room committed that murder. How about it? Okay. I'll lay my cards on the table. I'll start talking. That's fine. You don't mind if you take down your statement in shorthand, do you? <laughs> what a good it would do me if I did. That's all right. You ready to take the statement, sir? That's yes, right, All right, Jensen. Start talking, sir. Well, I was working on a construction job out in Hollywood a couple of months ago, and I met Black there. He was working his own job, and he drove me back to town a couple of times, and then... One day when he was talking about how tough things was and how to just get a job to live on relief, he said he knew where there was some mighty cash. Mm-hmm. He told me that he knew a woman who knew about an old lady that kept five grand and a lot of jewelry in a trunk in her room. 
Sounded pretty good to me, so that took me on to meet this game. Who was this woman? Betty Martin, yeah. Oh, yes, you double Oh, Betty, don't do that way. She's the best way out. I, I didn't bump you a woman, and you didn't need her. I don't like informers. Well, Samson, what else? Well, this old lady lived next to Betty's apartment. We met in there and talked about it, and decided we'd need a screwdriver to force it in the trunk and thing, and we'd need some strong wire to tie up Ms. Watson. You never meant to bump her off. That's you, too. I'm also I didn't. Well, we finally decided that maybe there wasn't any dough in the room because we'd been watching through the keyhole. At least I decided it was a bum steer, and I pulled out of the whole thing. That's all I got to say. How about that, Black? You stand from getting the truth? Yeah. What have you got to add? Well, not much. After I talked to Samson about the job, I ran into Jefferson. Oh, and really sit down, sit down, Jefferson. Go ahead, Buck. Well, we'd known he said he was in Oklahoma, and when Jefferson told me he was out of work, I figured soon he was an old friend that set him in on a good thing. He went along with me to Betty's room, and he was present when we talked over plans. Jefferson got the power tool and the patches for our fingers. And we started to argue about whether Mrs. Watson really did have any money. I was sick in bed with the flu, and the next thing I knew, I read in the papers of the old donors in Bump. I didn't do it. I was never near it than Betty Martin's apartment. How about it, Miss Martin? What have you got to add? Just this. I say it's a lie. A deliberate frame-up by a couple of double-talking rats that ain't fit to sit on. And let's For two days, the questioning goes on. Relentlessly, the officers seek to break down the stories, the admissions and denials of the suspects. Toward the end of the second day of questioning. I'm getting a little tired of this murder on. So are we. Why don't you let us go? We ain't killed him. No, boys, I think Jefferson's right. We're holding these people for no purpose. Certainly, I'm convinced that Jefferson's innocent. Hmm? And Jefferson's innocent. Hmm? And you're right at that, Seth. And Jefferson, I want to apologize to you for keeping you here these two days. Oh, that's all right, Captain Ward. We have to do these things sometimes to assure ourselves of the innocence of the suspects. Sure, I understand. Uh, you take on it? Sure. Put it there. Oh, oh. What's the matter? You hurt my hand. That's just what I meant to do. Now sit down there, Jefferson, and start coming soon. For two days, you've been sitting here stretching your right cheek until you've cut all the skin away. You're nervous, Jefferson. You're holding something back. And some of this, which has escaped the notice of the rest of my fellow officers here, is that right hand of yours. It's still stolen. How did you hurt your hand, Jefferson? Why? Now don't tell us you were fixing the plumbing. We've already eliminated one suspect on that story. Come clean, Jefferson. Something that Miss Martin has convinced me that they are innocent of the actual murder. And you have convinced me by your nervousness that you have greater knowledge of it. Jefferson, you killed Mrs. Watson. Isn't that the truth? Okay. You got me. I did it. Start talking. I got tired of them sitting around doing nothing. So that day I got trucked in a pint of cheap gin. And I took the tire tool and went over to Mrs. Watson. When she came to the door, I banged over the head. And then I tied her up and threw her on the bed. And then I took the joint like Grant took Richmond. Did you find any loot? No, not a stone. I'm hardly paying with Jeffrey Jefferson. There's just one thing I want you folks to know. I never meant it, sir. I just wanted to put her to sleep so I could get the five grand the Martin Dan kid was here. I didn't mean to kill her. I swear I didn't. I just kept her easy. You just don't know your own strength, do you, Jefferson? 
Good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. 